0: Since we love to worship you. We come, we rise up. We make a decision, Lord, to rise up and worship you. We are mindful of the gift of worship, to stand in a place of disruption and worship the one who holds everything, the one who reigns above it all. So wherever we are, a living room, an office, a car, we rise up as men and women of God and we declare the realities of god we declare the truths of god into the atmosphere we worship you god the psalm says come let us worship the lord we are a family singing with one voice wherever we are one voice to our one god who holds all things
1: hallelujah the law sing sí, a little louder sing sí, a little louder
0: Out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God. Your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Your faithfulness, God. It comes, it answers, it runs for us. We know it, we know it. So here in this place,
1: equal
2: In the face of persecution, in the midst of uncertainty, in the middle of the storm, even in the darkest night, Christians sing. We tune our heart to the truth of God's word. And this makes no sense sometimes to the world around us. But Christians know that no matter how bad it gets, this is not the end. We have an unshakable hope. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Some of us maybe are feeling the fragility and frailty like a jar of clay in this moment. But Paul says, We have this treasure to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, the one who identifies with us in our suffering, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Friends, the President of the United States has declared today a national day of prayer, and I want us to pause right where you are, in your homes, as you're gathered with friends, maybe as you're watching, And I want us to pray in three ways today. I want you to pray first for those who are sick. Whatever the illness, whatever the ailments, a time like this can sometimes make those who are sick feel even more vulnerable than they already are. And so would you just take a moment right where you are and begin to lift up your prayers to the Lord for those who are sick. If you know some by name, name them even now. And I want you to pray for all of those who maybe are feeling a sense of fear, maybe a sense of despair. Pray for the peace of God to meet them. Pray for the peace of God to guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Name them as they come to mind. Lord, we pray for your peace to come flooding in. Come, Lord. Think of your neighbors, think of your coworkers to pray the peace of God over their hearts and lives. Now finally, I want us to pray for all of our medical professionals, those who serve in healthcare services, maybe in nursing homes. I want you to pray for the strength and wisdom and covering of God, the protection of God. Lord, we just pray that you lift them up. Those who are working extra shifts and long hours, Lord, would you strengthen them? Give them wisdom. We cover them. Thank you for these men and women serving in our community, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be a ministering presence all over our city, all over our city in Colorado Springs. Make each one of us, with every conversation we have this week, every person we come into contact with this week, at the grocery store, wherever we go, Lord, make us carriers of hope, make us carriers of your peace, and make us ministers of the gospel, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Friends, we're going to give to the Lord, and this may be a moment for some of you to, to, to begin giving online. Maybe you've never given online. It's pretty easy. There'll be a link on our website, and you can set that up in a matter of moments. And it's a way for all of us to faithfully continue to worship the Lord with our giving, but also to help us do what the church has always done. The church has a long legacy of caring for the sick and the poor, especially in times of crisis. One of our team members, one of our pastors told me that actually this week they've made over 200 phone calls to 200 households of people who are over 80 years old, calling them offering for the church to send them groceries and supplies. Friends, this is what we want to do in this moment of need and in this moment of crisis. So we ask you to continue to be faithful, continue to be generous, and let's together be the church that shines the light of Jesus Christ even in the midst of this time. Let's worship together.
0: Family of God, grab your Bibles, take out your notebooks. Our pastor, Pastor Brady Boyd, is going to bring a word from the scriptures. Be blessed, be filled with life and peace and grace in the name of Jesus. Just take a few seconds, and Pastor Brady.
3: Welcome, everyone. I know you're probably watching in your living room or maybe in your dorm or apartment. And we, this is not exactly how we planned for this weekend to go. We, I mean, we planned to be together in the big room, but uh, unfortunately, you know, the, 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 what's happening with the COVID 19 and the coronavirus right now is forcing us to worship online. But I hope you've already felt encouraged. Uh, there's a group of us here recording this together, uh, being here together, and uh, just so powerful to worship, even when we're apart and separated, we're still together in the spirit. And uh, I I was thinking about uh, this this sermon series that we're in. And I wondered, I prayed about whether or not we should um, maybe change it to a different series. And I realized we're talking about living in the wilderness. We're talking about living in an uncharted territory. Can you imagine the people leaving Egypt, the, the, the land that they had known for multiple generations and wandering off into the desert? into a place that felt uncharted, it felt dangerous, it felt scarce, they felt alone. This is exactly the world that we're living in right now. And I feel like the Holy Spirit has brought us to this wilderness uh, experience together, and we're going to find God as we walk through this wilderness together. So, if you're okay with this, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 16. We're going to just we're just going to tackle the same sermon that I was going to tackle if we had been all gathered together in the room. Because I think this word, this message, is going to speak to all of us uh, as we open the scriptures. I want to remind you that the, the the entire service that you're watching right now will actually be available at New Life Church. Church.org later on today, and you can watch it anytime you want this week from start to finish. And I want to encourage you if you're not a part of a small group, this is a great time to be in a small group or to start a small group. Start Facebook watch parties, get together with your friends and neighbors, turn on these services and watch them from start to finish. Pray with one another, have communion together in your homes, and uh, let's continue to be the church in spite of the restrictions that we feel right now. It will not restrict the the church, I can promise you. And I'm believing that our church is going to thrive, it's going to prosper, it's going to multiply. Even though we can't gather together, the gathering is going to happen all over uh, the El Paso County and the Front Range. So turn to Exodus chapter 16 and let's pray together as we open up these scriptures. Father in heaven, would you come now and speak to us through these words? Would you take these continuously articulate scriptures and would you breathe life into them? Lord, I pray as we find ourselves in in the wilderness today, I pray that you would come like a cloud, like a fire, and lead us and direct us to the promised land. Lord, I pray that you would comfort us and strengthen us, and let these words, let these scriptures, breathe life into us right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. All right, Exodus sixteen is the story of a group of people out in the desert, and they realize there is no supermarkets, there is no food. And can you imagine the logistical nightmare that Moses must have felt as he's leading this mass amount of people out into the desert only to realize we have to eat two or three times a day. And God, in his infinite wisdom, supplied them with manna. And this is a story of manna in the desert, finding God's provision in the place of wilderness. Exodus 16, we're going to read verses 14 through 18, then 22 through 23. It says, when the dew was gone, in other words, early in the morning... Thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. In other words, there were frosted flakes. This is exactly where we get frosted flakes from this passage of Scripture. So they go out and literally come out of their tent in the middle of the wilderness, and there's food on the ground that God has provided. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? What is this? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It's the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Listen to the very, very clear, very specific instructions in order to harvest this food, how to gather this food. He says, everyone is to gather as much as they need. So big people gathered a lot, small people gathered smaller portions, right? Whatever you want, whatever your appetite was. He says, everyone is gathered as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. So it's like a quart jar. Think about it like a quart jar and omer's like, a, like that. And the Israelites did as they were told, which by the way is one of the greatest miracles that happened in this story. They actually followed their instructions. So the Israelites did as they were told, and some gathered much, which I would have done, and some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much didn't have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered as much as they needed. This is Jenny Craig before Jenny Craig was cool. Having the perfect amount for each human body, each person. All right, now look on this, verse 22, because there's a a specific instruction about the sixth day. This is the key part of this passage. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much. So it was meant to to last for two days. Two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. And he said to them, this is what the Lord is commanding. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until the morning. What a... fantastic story of hundreds of thousands of people walking out of their tent every day and finding exactly what they need out in the wilderness. This is a story of God providing. It's a story of God coming through. When no one in that community knew how they were going to eat, God had a plan. God was not caught off guard by this crisis. God was not caught off guard by calling people out of Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. He had thought about every single detail. Listen, New Life Church, as you're sitting at your home right now, I want to remind you that God has not been caught off guard by the coronavirus that God has not been caught uh, empty-handed. He has provided for us. He will provide for us. I am not afraid about the season that we're in. I am concerned. I want to be wise. I want to be thoughtful. I want to be prudent. I want to be diligent, but I will not be afraid. And I want to encourage you to not let fear be your master right now. I want to encourage you that God has already thought through the details of your daily life. And the same way that God provided for the people of Israel every single day, God is going to provide for your home every single day. And when you need more, there will be more. When you need less, there will be yet less. But in every instance, in every single day, God provided for these people. There was not one day that they went hungry. And there will not be one day where God is not with us and for us and among us during this season of time. So whether this lasts two or three weeks or whether it lasts two or three months, if it lasts two or three years, I am believing that God will be powerfully present with us every single day. That's why this story is so important for us to hear. God provided. God provided for each of their homes. Every single tent I want you to think about the organizational genius of God in this moment. Every single tent, every single person had exactly what they needed for that day. People that were really hungry had enough. People that were not hungry had enough. This is God's provision for us. And I think this is why I'm I'm so... uh, fascinated that God had brought us to this wilderness series we were planning this several months ago about doing this series at this time isn't it fascinating that God saw ahead to what our church would need he saw ahead to what we would want and he said I'm going to take you through the wilderness passage of scripture to prepare you to live in an unknown time in an uncertain time all right here's the first thing about this story that I find pretty fascinating the first thing is that they had to go and gather the bread This is not a time for us to sit on our hands, by the way. There's activity that's involved in this. I I I know this sounds really simple and really practical, but they actually had to get out of their tent and go and get it. And I want to encourage you that this is not a time to huddle in our our fearful little cocoons and stay and and to not be present with each other. They left their tent. God is looking for our cooperation right now. And in, in almost every miracle of the Bible, God requires us to go out in faith, Every morning they woke up, I can imagine, they brushed their teeth, they wiped their face off, put on their clothes. And they, I can stand, they're standing at the door of their tent, and I bet there were some conversations with some married couples. I wonder if the man is going to be there today. We've had it for like four or five days in a row. God's been faithful for four or five days. I wonder if that manna is going to be there. And they would open up the tent, and there it would be scattered on the ground. But they had to leave their tent they had to lead. They had to cooperate with what God was doing. They had to put feet to their faith. And I'm just encouraging you to Listen, New Life Church, now's the time to put feet to our faith. We have been taught well. We have worshiped together. We have prayed together. Now it's important for us to leave the tent. Go out and find God's provision. Go out and find the place that God wants you to serve. Go out and find the neighbor that needs help. Leave your tent and go get what God has provided don't huddle together in your, t- your fearful place. Don't huddle together in isolation. Isolation, while it may help us heal us, uh, physically, I believe isolation overall is going to be harmful to us. So listen, if you're healthy and whole, go out and serve. This is a time for the church to put feet to their faith, to leave, to go out and gather the bread. I love that God needed their cooperation. It would have been just as easy, for God to make the manna appear inside their tent. I mean, if he can scatter it on the ground, he can gather it in the tent, right? But God scattered it on the ground, and he asked us to leave the tent, go out and gather what he had provided. All right, here's the second thing, and this might surprise you that this is actually one of the biggest parts of this story, is that they were actually given a day of rest. This is the first time in the Bible, outside of the creation story, that we hear of Sabbath. Can think about this just for a moment. It did not seem right to take a day off now. They're in the wilderness. They have enemies on either side of them. There's no food. There's very little water, and God wants us to take a day off. God commanded them to honor the Sabbath. Listen to this, in the fourth commandment, Later on in the fourth commandment, when the fourth commandment was given to Moses, God said something really remarkable to Moses as he's giving him the fourth commandment. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. In other words, later on, months or years later, when Moses got the 10 commandments, months later, he says, now remember, I have already given you the Sabbath day, and I gave it to you when you picked up the manna. I told you on the sixth day to gather twice as much as you had because on the seventh day, I was going to give you a holy Sabbath. So when he gives him the fourth commandment, he says, remember, I've already given you this command. I've already given this to you. They remembered the Sabbath because of the manna. And think about just for a moment what's about to happen in our culture. Some of you are about to get a day off for the very first time in a long time. All of the club sports have stopped. A lot of you that are busy every weekend with club sports with your kids, that's been canceled. There's no games to go to. There's no events to go to. Uh, Everything is now about to slow down. And I know that that's troubling. I know that that's difficult for some people. But let me just say this to you as your pastor. I think it's a gift from the Lord to some of you. And it's been a long time since some of you actually had a Saturday or a Sunday with nothing to do. And you're about to discover what I discovered about 25 years ago is that the Sabbath is a gift from God to his people. And I want you, instead of uh, being upset about the schedule changes that are happening, maybe we should embrace now a day at home. You're about to have more time with your kids than you probably wanted. You're about to have more time with your spouse than you probably wanted. You're about to have some face-to-face time. You're about to have time. Think about this for a moment. You're about to have time to cook meals and sit with each other and have conversations. You're, You're probably about to have some time on your hands to go for some holy walk with the Lord around your neighborhood, praying for your neighbor. The Sabbath has been given to us as a gift during this shutdown. And I believe that that it, it made no practical sense to the people here why God would tell them to take a day off when they haven't even reached the promised land yet. I mean, it would make more practical sense to say for God to have said, when you get to the promised land, when you've built your homes, when you've established your vineyards and your gardens, then you should take a day off. Now, God said, I want to teach you something now that I want to mark you for the rest of your life. While you're in the place of uncertainty, while you are in the wilderness, while you're in a place that seems dangerous, I want you to discover the gift of the Sabbath. I want you to discover the gift of taking a day off. And this is fascinating to me, but no other culture celebrated a day of rest. They had not had any days off in Egypt. For 400 years, they worked seven days a week with very few exceptions. They were unaccustomed to the rhythm of Sabbath. And no other culture around them ever took a day off just to rest and to be close to their God. Certainly they had religious ceremonies and they had religious uh, festivals, but there was not a regular rhythm of rest built into any other culture except this culture. And God was trying to do something miraculous and powerful. He says, you will get to the promised land as a better people if you will celebrate this day of rest right now. God rested every seven days so his people could rest. This is the power of the creation story. Six days he creates the heavens and the earth. On the seventh day, God says, it is done. It is well. It is finished. And he rested. So God is telling to his people, look, I'm going to rest I'm not going to give you manna on this day. And it was God's way of saying, I'm also going to rest. I'm, going to, I'm not going to provide you manna on this day. I'm going to seize my labors so that you will learn to seize your labors, pick up all you need on day six because it's going to be enough to carry you for 48 hours. But I'm going to rest tomorrow so that you learn how to rest tomorrow, so that you can find yourself in these holy rhythms and holy places. I want you to be a whole people once I get you to the promised land. And he did it with Sabbath. Now look at verse 26 again with me. Six days you were to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there's not going to be any manna. There's not going to be any. Look at verse 27. Even with that command, nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it but they found none. I don't want to be, I don't know if you're that person or not, but have you learned to trust God when he gives you a command? See, these people had become so obsessed with work and productivity and self-sufficiency. They had become so obsessed with providing for themselves they, they could not trust that God would provide for them. So even despite the fact that for six days they had walked out of their tent and found manna, they could not believe that it would be enough. They could not believe that God had provided enough, so they got out of their tent anyway. Out in defiance of what God had said, looking for manna that was nowhere to be found. I believe this is a pivotal time for many of you. You have been on this journey to prove that God is not enough, and God's about to prove to you that he's enough. This moment, this moment that we're living in right now, God is about to get your attention. God's about to get our attention and show us that he is enough. And that you can trust him, that when he speaks to us, when he gives us holy commands, when he he tells us his promises... Those promises are enough to believe. Those promises are yes and amen. Listen, some of you new lifers need to be okay with doing nothing for 24 hours. You just need to settle it in your soul that your labors are not the reason for your thriving. That your effort is not always the reason for your success. That God has already gone ahead of you. God has already provided for you. And actually, the reason for the Sabbath is not to just give us a day off. The reason for the Sabbath is because God wants to spend time with you. You know, that's the real gift of the Sabbath. The gift of the Sabbath is not just a day off, just to go do something and have fun, which is fine to do that. But you know what the real reason for the Sabbath is? God loves us so much and cares so deeply about our humanity that God actually wants a whole day just to be with us. It's that simple. God wants our undivided attention. And the Sabbath is the one day that we can clear our calendar and clear our schedule and say, Father in heaven, if you want me to go have fun and go for a walk, great. But if you just want to have some unhurried conversation with me, That's the power of the Sabbath. Sabbath invites us into holy conversations. Sabbath invites us into a holy rhythm. Sabbath allows more space in our lives for the Holy Spirit to come and to take root in us, to capture us, to move in us. Sabbath is an invitation from God to draw near to Him. And listen, we can be afraid about this virus or we can see this as a holy invitation. Our entire culture just slowed down. Our entire calendar just got clear. My calendar is clearer now than it's been in four or five years. I don't have as much to do. I don't have as many places to go. And instead of being concerned about that, I'm actually kind of excited about that. I'm excited about having some unhurried time. I'm I'm excited about just, just taking my time through the day now and waiting. This virus will pass. This thing will pass. We're going to get back to a normal rhythm and a normal flow. And I know that's what's going to happen. It may be a few weeks. It might be a few months. But in this moment, in this time, instead of being afraid, let's draw near to him. Let's let's take advantage of this time. Let's see this as a gift from the Lord, drawing us together in community, drawing us together around our tables again, drawing us closer to our families again. It's the gift of the Sabbath. And by choosing the Sabbath, we're protesting and rebelling against our self-sufficiency. Sabbath is declaring that God is our provider. Sabbath is a declaration. You're my provider. You're my hope. And you are my source. Here's the last thing I want you to see about this story. And it sounds really obvious, but the bread was from God. He didn't, in other words, God didn't come to a group of bakers and give them a command bake enough bread. God said, I, I am going to personally provide the bread. I, the ingredients were from heaven the 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 process was in heaven the baking happened in heaven it was from god it was a gift from god god is the one that gave them the bread this is a fantastic this is one of the most miraculous stories in all the bible by the way do you know how many how much bread this was a lot of bread a lot of good carbs and it's frosted it was sugar and carbs it tasted like honey it tasted good to them the bread and the bread only lasted one day except for the sixth day when it lasted two days but for most of the time the bread was only good for one day i wonder where else in the bible that they're told to pray for their daily bread i wonder why this is so critical to the story of the scriptures Let me read to you the Lord's Prayer. So the disciples came to Jesus one day and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us what's important to pray. Why is it so important to pray? And teach us to pray the way you pray. And in Matthew 6, verse 9, listen to this. We're going to read verses 9, 10, 11. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at verse 11. And give us today, our daily bread. Now, when I read that as a little boy, I, I, oft, I found that to be, I always was concerned about that grammatically. Why not give us bread today? Should I mean, that's what it should have said, right? Why not just give us bread today? But that's not what it says. It says, give us today our daily bread. Because de- today refers to when And daily refers to an amount. So it's both timing and amount. That's why it's written that way. And it's important to catch this today, all right? Especially as you're home with a thousand rolls of toilet paper to dole out. Now, at some point, you've got to do some math, okay? How much toilet paper will last me? So you're going to have to do, you're going to have to dole this out. You're going to have to proportion everything in your house. And by the way, a thousand rolls of toilet paper will last you until the apocalypse, all right? It's way too much. But today refers to when and daily refers to an amount because God knows when we need things and he knows how much we need. This is the story of manna. This is the story of the people of Israel. They were about to discover a God that knew every detail of their lives. God knew when they needed to eat. Notice that the, that the manna was available to them first thing in the morning. God knows our bodies. He knew that our physical bodies, if they were going to survive in the heat of the day in the desert, that the first thing that they were going to have to consume was good calories in the morning. He didn't come at the end of the day to give them food. He didn't come in the middle of the day to give them food. He gave them the food first thing in the morning, breakfast. Right away, I want you to put good calories in your body. I want you to consume what is healthy for your body. He knows when we need things, and he knew how much. He told them, take an omer. He had the perfect amount. He had the perfect time in mind when he gave them the manna. He had not not missed one single detail for these people. I know when to give you food. I know how much food to give you, and I know what is best for you. This is a comforting story to me today. This is so comforting because I went to the grocery store. My, actually, my family went to the grocery store. I don't go to grocery stores, but my family went yesterday. All the shelves are bare. And I felt like the like, father loser, of the, loser father of the year, like I had not prepared for a year of apocalypse at my house. Okay, So for all of you with 100 pounds of rice at your house, you're going to have to share with your pastor at some point because <laughs> all the shelves were empty yesterday. But you know what I do know is that God knows when I need things. He knows how much I need. And I, I want to take you now as to one passage of Scripture that I'm going to leave you with in John chapter 6. I want, to, I want to remind you that Jesus actually talks about this story. Jesus was familiar with manna. He was familiar with the story of the people of Israel. And listen to what John chapter 6 verses 48 through 51 he says, I am, I am the bread of life. And your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet yeah, they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. And look at verse 51 I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. New Life Church, uh, I know at, you're in your home right now, in your apartment, and I'm going to leave it to you to receive the Lord's table together. In fact, as soon as this service is over, I would encourage you to come around and pray for one another. If you have crackers or juice or wine or whatever you have in your home, just pause for a few minutes today before, this, before you leave, before you scatter, and come to the table of the Lord right where you are. And I want you to notice that when Jesus gave us the Assignment. when he spoke to us about this last meal, Jesus gave us a meal to remember him. It was a meal that Jesus gave us to remember him. And this meal reminds us that Jesus is our provider and that Jesus is the provision. I want to encourage you, New Life Church, that in the next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot of troubling reports. You're going to maybe hear things that may cause fear to stir in you. And listen, that's okay. It's okay to be afraid at times. It's okay to be concerned at times. It's just, but I want you to, in those moments, would you just take a deep breath and would you confess out loud that Jesus is our provider, that Jesus knows every detail of your home. Jesus knows every detail of what you need as a human being. And there's not one thing that Jesus has overlooked in your life. You are in the palm of his hand New life please. I've said this to you for a long time now. You're in the palm of his hand. You're in the palm of his hand. He knows you. He cares about you. He's not left us. The coronavirus is not Jesus abandoning us. The coronavirus is actually an opportunity for Jesus to come near to us. For us to cast away everything else and look solely at the person of Christ. And Jesus is enough for us right now. So I'm just gonna pray. And I wanted you to never forget the story of the manna. Every day when they opened their tents, there was God's provision. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, I don't know what your schedule is gonna look like. I don't know how the world's going to change in the next 48 hours. I do not know that and neither do you. What I do know to be true though, is that for 2000 years, the church has discovered one central truth of our faith. That Jesus is near to us and Jesus is enough. And that has sustained my great-great-grandparents. It sustained my family. It will sustain my grandchildren. Future generations will discover what we are discovering right now. Jesus is near to us and Jesus is enough for us. Can we just pray together right now? Right where you're sitting in your house, in your apartment, maybe you're watching this on your laptop at work. Wherever you're, can you just pause with me for like 30 seconds? Let me pray over you. Father in heaven, I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard our heart and soul today. I pray, Lord, that fear would not be our master. I pray you would come and fill us with the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you know how much we need. You know when we need it. And Father, I thank you that heaven has already opened over us. And you are going to provide. You're going to move upon the people of God. You're going to cause this disruption of our culture to actually be an opportunity for the church to be a great witness. So Lord, I pray you'd fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your strength right now. And Lord, send us out from this message. Send us out from this online gathering. Send us out as missionaries. Send us out as ambassadors. Send us out as witnesses of your goodness and grace. And Father, we thank you today that you're right here among us, that you've never left us, that you are enough, and that you are near to us. And we pray this now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. just a moment, we're gonna go back into a song. We're gonna end this online gathering together we're, the same way we started it, just singing together. So I've asked the worship team to come and we're gonna end with that, that beautiful song, It Is Well, and we're gonna sing that song together. But I wanna remind you, uh, just stay, stay with us on social media. Go to newlifechurch.org. We're gonna give constant updates. We're gonna create a lot of content for you to have so that you feel connected to the church and to one another. We're gonna make that available to you in several different formats. So So in the weeks ahead, we're gonna be right here. We're gonna be with you. We're not going anywhere. We're gonna be present with you. Our offices will be open as normal, Monday through Friday, nine to five. If you need someone to pray, if you know the need that we can help you with, all you have to do is come by our offices. They will be open as normal all week long to serve the needs of our church and our city. So God bless you. Let's stand together. If you're, if you're at your home, stand up with me right now. And let's end this time together singing this beautiful hymn that's held the church together for so many years. I love you. I'll see you next week online.
2: senior pastor, the man leading our church so faithfully in this hour. We're so grateful for that, Pastor Brady. Exodus 16, God says, I'm going to test these people. But isn't it amazing that the place of testing is the place of provision. Right here in the middle of the test is God's provision, Christ himself with us. Thank you for joining us, New Life North, New Life Downtown, New Life East, New Life Manitou. Let me pray this benediction over you from Romans 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you.